episode number 18. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor Gura. Welcome back, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. I am thrilled to be here this morning as I record this episode from the edges of the shore of Ocean City, New Jersey. I woke up early this morning to be able to record this podcast on the beach when I knew it would be quiet and when the sun would just about uh, be starting to rise and this is my most favorite time of the day. It's a time of the day which invariably inspires me. I am sitting on a towel facing the Atlantic Ocean watching the waves and thinking about the stuck method and how the ocean can be a metaphor for our brains or how our brains work, how the waves rise and fall, rise and fall, and how the water comes up to the beach and then retreats back again. Is this not the same thing that happens with our minds? We suddenly have a feeling and then after some time that feeling dissipates. We have a thought about something We may even have a strong hold on that thought, but then it eventually goes away. That is the way of nature, the constant flow, contracting, expanding, rising, falling, inhaling, exhaling, right? And when we practice to get unstuck from something, we are returning to that natural state of flow. Because when we are stuck, we are static. We are not moving. We are stuck on our stories. And that is not the way of nature. That is not how nature wants us to be. Nature wants us to be in constant flow, just like the ocean I am witnessing right now. So I am very much looking forward to sharing this story with you. And I love how this story ended up being episode number 18. Because in Judaism, the number 18 represents life. And this story that I'm going to share with you is about forgiveness and how by forgiving this individual person, which you'll hear about in a moment, I was able to, in a way, bring myself back to life. But before I share with you that story, I'd like to read to you a recent review from iTunes. Rena wrote... Shira's way of presenting these ideas is so smoothing and encouraging. Short and sweet. Thank you so much, Rena. 
It means so much to me that you took time out of your busy schedule just to write that review to me. It really helps me stay motivated when I hear from listeners around the world and how this podcast is playing a role in their lives. I would love to hear from you, my dear listeners, so please consider leaving me a review on iTunes if you are familiar with how to do that. And if you are not, you can head over to my website and there are instructions on exactly how to do that. Thank you so much. Okay, now for the story. I have to admit, before I begin sharing, the details of this story happened four years ago. And if you know me, you will know that I have a terrible memory. It's something a lot of my friends laugh about, but actually I tend to see it as one of my strengths, mainly because I don't tend to hold grudges for that reason. I simply tend to forget things that are not of that much importance. So the details of what I'm going to share may not be exact, but the truth of the matter is it doesn't really matter. What matters most is my reaction to what happened and how I ended up holding a grudge towards someone for about three years. Because this was a story I was not able to forget. And how I finally came to realize that if I wanted to get unstuck, I really needed to forgive this person. I also want to let you know before I start to share this story that I emailed this woman who's in the story just a couple of weeks ago to ask for permission to share this story. While I will not reveal her name, anyone living in my small community may be able to guess who this woman is, and I, of course, wanted to respect her. Her response to my email? Yes, I would be honored if you share this story, especially if you think it may inspire others to forgive, thereby bringing even a small repair to this world. So, here I am sharing the story. Now, just for a little background, my husband is a builder. He builds single-family homes in northern Israel. He has an amazing reputation, and he's so busy that he turns down business. He builds homes in our small community, as well as homes outside of our community. A woman in our community hired him to build her home, though she did something that no one else had requested before, at least from my husband's experience. She asked one contractor to build part of the house, I think it was the frame, and then my husband to do the rest. I have no idea why she did that, but she did, and my husband agreed to it. Now, at the same time that she started with this building project, she learned she had some sort of heart defect and needed immediate surgery. She wanted the project to continue on and realized she didn't have the funds to do the project, especially as she would be out of work and she's a single mom. So she turned to my husband to ask for a personal loan. And he is very generous and he agreed to lend her thousands of dollars. Now, 
The work started in late spring, and my husband told her that he goes on an annual trip to the States to be with my family for two weeks in August. So the building started, and here she is in the hospital, and the first contractor finished his role, and my husband started on his. Now, my husband doesn't share much with me regarding his work, but I do remember him sharing with me the complexity of this job, where he was basically doing work on top of someone else's work that he believed wasn't done to satisfaction. He was nearly done when he left to go on this trip to the States, and I assume the plan was for her to move in by September 1st. So, okay, that's the background. So what happened? Well, I was standing on this same beach in Ocean City four years ago in the afternoon with my family, my kids, my brother and his family, my sister and her family, and my husband who was on his cell phone. And I see him typing furiously into his phone and starting to murmur words to himself. And I asked him what was going on. And he started to tell me that this woman was furious because he wasn't there and she needed him. And again, I don't remember all the details and they don't really matter. All I remember was when he handed me his phone and I read her last message, which said, I am not returning your money that you lent me. I don't care if you, Shira, and your kids starve to death. Okay, did you get that? This was no longer an issue between my husband and this lady. This was no longer just a professional dispute. Whatever was going on became personal the moment that she brought me and my kids into the story. And boy, did I get pissed off. Who the heck did she think she was? What did I do to her? She's threatening me and my kids? Are you kidding me? She will not get away with this. Honestly, I don't think I was ever so angry in my entire life. And I spent days writing a letter to her, editing it, and then editing it again, and then editing it again. And if you know me at all, or my blogs, writing comes quite easily to me. I love writing. But writing this letter to her was really, really hard. Basically, in my letter, I wrote to her how good my husband was to her. And I reminded her of his incredible reputation for taking care of his clients. And I reminded her of his generous personal loan to her, which he totally did not need to do. And I told her it was despicable that she brought me and my kids into this story and despicable that she acted the way she did and that she should be grateful and not acting like a freaking monster and that I wanted no more contact with her. When we returned to Israel, my husband and I went over to her house I handed her my letter and also basically said the contents of the letter to her face, that I wanted no more contact with her, that her behavior was despicable, and that she should be ashamed of herself. She's never seen me like that. I've never seen me like that either. I think she may have apologized. In fact, I know she did, but it wasn't a sincere apology. 
She wasn't crying or appearing to be remorseful. She just said, I'm sorry, as if she didn't realize the effects of her actions. And that was that. For the next three years, I would see her on the paths in our tiny community, see her at community events, see her in the synagogue, and I would just avoid all eye contact. I would avoid sitting next to her. I would avoid talking to her. I wanted nothing to do with her. Nothing. Nothing. To me, this person was dirt and didn't deserve the time of day. And it was fine, really. It's not like we were good friends anyway from the beginning. We were just acquaintances, really. That's it. And so distancing myself from her was really no big deal. I certainly wasn't missing anything in my life by doing so. It was a little annoying, to be honest, to have to keep an eye out for her all the time. But besides that, it was fine, really. So fast forward a few years, and I'm sitting in the library of our community, leading a Getting Unstuck workshop on Yom Kippur, the holiday of forgiveness in the Jewish calendar. It's called the Day of Atonement. And I was asked to lead a session specifically on challenging emotions and forgiveness. Now, if any of you have ever attended any of my workshops, you will know that I always bring a story with me so that I can demonstrate how the stuck method is implemented. And to be honest, I hadn't come prepared for this workshop. I mean, I'm always prepared to talk about the theory and the steps of the stuck method. I mean, I pretty much live it day by day, but I didn't come prepared with a specific story of forgiveness. And as I got to the part of the presentation where I needed to share a story, I decided for who knows why to share this specific story. The truth is, I tend to share a funny story, a self-deprecating one, because people tend to identify with my vulnerability and laughter always helps us connect. But I shared this story stating emphatically, it's time for me to forgive. It was a very surreal moment, as if some sort of force was coming through me instead of me in my typical way being very orderly and prepared. Anyway, I was careful to share this story and acknowledge that the person who was in the story lived outside of our community. And in that presentation, I demonstrated what taking a S stop looks like. We actually all took a stop together by sitting quietly for a few moments in the middle of the presentation, and we took some deep breaths. And then I, T, told them how I got stuck on anger and resentment and how I felt those emotions all over my body. I, you, uncovered my beliefs. I told them I believed this person was a monster. And I told them I believed this woman was ungrateful and immature. And I told them I believed there would be no problem holding a grudge towards her because we weren't friends anyway. And I told them I believed my husband didn't deserve this. Were all of those beliefs true? 
No. No, I know that person isn't a monster. And she was going through a really hard time during the building of her home, both medically and as a part of the building process, which she was doing single-handedly as a single mom. Was she ungrateful to my husband? Probably not. Would there be a problem holding a grudge towards her? Maybe, maybe not. I definitely still held on to the belief that my husband didn't deserve this. Does anyone? I explained to the participants in this workshop that once you see that at least one of your beliefs isn't entirely true, you can start to see, consider other perspectives. I told them that I was able to consider that this woman was in a distressful place when she wrote the email, that this woman is not an evil person, that holding on to anger and resentment is probably affecting me the same and maybe even more than it's affecting her. By the way, you know that thing that people say when you, when you point a gun at someone, you're holding one finger towards the person, but you're holding three fingers towards yourself? Holding anger towards someone else inevitably will hurt you physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I consider that avoiding her like she's the devil isn't helping me in my life at all. It's not bringing me any closer to a sense of daily peace. And I considered that I could forgive her, which is crazy because I said I would never do that. But what I considered was by forgiving her, it didn't mean I was condoning her behavior. I will always believe the way she acted was deplorable. And it also didn't mean that I would forget what she wrote about me and my family. I won't. I will never forget that. But by forgiving her, I was basically getting to the point where I could believe that she didn't mean to hurt me or my family. And I don't believe she's an evil person. She was just in a bad place and got stuck on anger and frustration herself. Doesn't this happen to all of us sometimes? I considered that by forgiving her, I almost felt like I could get a part of my life back again. I certainly didn't enjoy walking around angry or turning into an angry person every time I saw her. In other words, I truly felt that Forgiveness was for me and not for her. And that by forgiving her, I would take back my power that I had unconsciously given over to her for the past few years. By forgiving her, I considered I was taking responsibility for how I felt. And I realized I had that choice and I was going to consciously take it. By the way, when I was on my book tour in 2016, many, many people approached me after my presentations and suggested books for me to read, books that they thought seemed to align with the work that I do with Getting Unstuck. So one woman recommended the book called Forgive for Good by Dr. Fred 
Luskin. And I got the book and read it. It's a powerful book and I highly recommend it if you are in a stuck situation now and having a difficult time forgiving another person. In this book, you will learn how forgiving is not about the other person, but it's about you. Again, that book is called Forgive for Good. Anyway, I felt so good and so proud to have done that work and to have done it in front of people of my community. Doing that work was not easy at all. And I was hoping that by doing so, I would inspire others to do this work as well. And then at night, when everyone retired from that exhausting day, I turned on the computer to write an email to her and let her know that after all this time, I considered forgiving her. So I opened up my Gmail and I started to write in her name and then I faked out. I thought to myself, do I really need to let her know that I forgave her? Maybe I'll just forgive her in my heart without letting her know. Why do I even need to make this effort? But then I second guessed that thought because if only I know about this forgiving that I'm doing, she will not expect me to act any differently when I see her. And the truth of the matter is, I want to act differently when I see her. I want to be able to say a simple hello or Shabbat Shalom or even a simple smile rather than avoiding her like she's air. I wanted her to know, not because I need a pat on the back, but because I want things to change. So I wrote the following. I wanted to let you know it's taken me quite a while, but I finally found the courage today to forgive you for the hurtful and damaging words and threat that you sent to me, to my husband, and to my kids years ago. I will never, ever forget them, and I do not condone your behavior. But I realized that staying angry at you is doing nothing good for me. And so I've decided to forgive you. For what it's worth, I wanted to share that with you. While I don't see us becoming close friends anytime soon, nor do we have much interaction together otherwise, I realize it was immature and selfish on my part to be consciously ignoring and avoiding you whenever our paths have crossed over the years since that incident occurred. I realize you were in a bad place, a distressed place, and were going through a difficult time. Again, I do not condone the way you spoke or acted towards me and my kids and my husband, but I have chosen to let it go nonetheless. My holiday was particularly meaningful for me this year, and I hope it was the same for you. I wish you a good and peaceful new year. Shira. I checked my email the next day and saw I received a response from her. It said, Shira, thank you for writing this. Yes, indeed, my holiday was meaningful in particular as well. I don't condone what I've done either and have tried to forgive myself for letting my pain hurt others who weren't the cause of it. 
I hope saying a simple shalom or a smile will be okay. Shana Tova. And then she wrote her name. And then I left the house to take my child to preschool. And lo and behold, I saw her walking towards me as she was walking her child up to the bus stop. Could there have been anything more arranged like that? Seeing her, I was not only overcome with happiness for having had forgiven her, but gratitude that she accepted my behavior of holding a grudge towards her for such a long time. She certainly could have been stuck on anger with me for having deliberately done so, but she didn't. I reached out and gave her a hug, a genuine hug, and thanked God for giving us such meaningful holidays that encourage us and support us to reflect deeply on our behaviors. We smiled. We are moving on. That moment was an indescribable release for me, like the feeling you get at the end of a yoga class, feeling like all the weight you've been holding in your body which you weren't even aware you were holding, has now been taken off of you. And you feel 20 pounds lighter and freer and realigned and happier and ready to do more of this work because that's what it's all about. And then I held myself in compassion, K, by saying it's okay that I got stuck on anger and resentment and that I was stuck on it for so many years, three years. One of the most fascinating things about this story is that the same person who I considered to be a monster, a monster, right, was the same person who said to me, yes, use my story, share it with the world. I hope it helps to bring others closer to peace. Is that not amazing? To me, it really shows how all of us, all of us, are all made up of all of these emotions. We all have capabilities of good and bad. And that person who I deemed a devil for so many years ended up demonstrating to be an angel. Well, maybe not an angel, but definitely someone respectable for her conscious choice to allow others to hear this story when she was at probably one of the lowest points in her life. That, my dear friends, is amazing. And it gives me hope that all of us can perhaps not only see ourselves in that woman, but also can see ourselves as people with amazing capabilities to be able to forgive. Now, Do you know of someone who needs to forgive? Can you share this episode with them? You can find a link from my website in the show notes below. Or can you take a moment and reflect on your own life? Is there someone in your life that you need to forgive? Remember, forgiving does not mean condoning their behavior. You can believe forever that what that person did was deplorable, but at the same time, you can choose to let go of holding anger towards them. 
whether you approach that person or not, and tell them that you are forgiving them, can you forgive? This is not easy work, my friends, and I will not claim to be an expert on forgiveness. I am simply here to encourage you to consider new perspectives to your stories. And forgiving others is probably a universal consideration we can all take a look at because invariably someone in our lives is going to disappoint us at one point or another. But consider the price of not forgiving them. Consider what holding on to that anger is doing to you, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And if it's hurting you, consider what the act of forgiving could do for you. Remember, this work of getting unstuck is about self-care. Okay, my dear friends, this was a really important episode. If you got something out of it, please consider sharing it with others you love. This episode has the potential to heal relationships. It has the potential to make small repairs in this world. Please consider doing the small act and share it with anyone in your life who may need to hear it. And if you have words to share with me, I would love to see them on iTunes. So please consider leaving me a review. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.thestuckmethod.com.